You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast today's best shows and movies. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And tonight we got Walking Dead. This is episode eight, the mid-season finale that everyone will be talking about. As the commercial says. As the commercial tells me it was supposed to do. Um, bro, I, I, I got to be honest, man. My, my feelings are circling the drain is the way I feel like, man. Okay, so the most of the vitriol that I've seen about this episode has come from the comic book fan. Yes. The TV show fan, I think, had a lot to talk about on this. But I think the comic book fans, a lot are checking out, I would think. Yeah. Unfortunately, the the bottom line here is is that, uh, you know... Is what they did in this episode has completely torpedoed so many good future story arcs that are happening in the comic that it is so tough to even evaluate the episode knowing what the conclusion of the episode has done to the series is how I would say that. And I, I put that out on social media and I've got a lot of folks responding to something about, you know, that, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, as soon as I watched the episode, I, I was a little frustrated and I was like, you know, F Gimple and, you know, damn you Gimple for derailing the show and da 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 da. And, and of course, there's a few trolls out there who didn't like it and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's just normal. But the bottom line is, is that the consensus of people that listen to us or we talk back and forth with or a lot of the groups I'm with, there is a large proportion of people saying it's jumped the shark. It's it's the nail in the coffin. Um, I'm only watching it because I'm invested. I'm not getting the, you know, the vast majority going, God, it was so good. You know, da, da, da. don't get wrong. There's a lot of people who are diehard fans that think the show, no matter what it does, is 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 great it doesn't matter if you know they all started sailing on dolphins and we're doing a fishing show with bill dance because it's walking dead they'd probably enjoy it but the fact of the matter is is that you know that's what it comes down to you know uh, i just i don't know i think the show is uh, this season in particular has become so polarizing to what you're saying where there's the diehard fan that is willing to just hold on to the show you know, like you're saying, no matter what they try to do, because they, we we have an attachment to some of the characters, right? Like, all right, for instance, for me, like I'm a super like fake word completionist, to where if I start a show, I I, I struggle to turn it off in the middle of it, right? And be like, ah, well, it's really not hitting me. If I get like seven or eight episodes into something, it's like, well, I might as well finish the three to five extra episodes. You know what I mean? Correct. Just see where this goes. I feel like this season, if this wasn't a show that we were potting on, that this is one of those shows where I'd almost, I would have gotten to this point, but I would have been, I'll be struggling to, to catch back up next year. Well, the biggest thing I heard, and this was from a couple of our fans, and I can't remember the name off the head, is, is that they no longer prioritize Sunday nights anymore like they used to. Like they'll still watch the show, but like watching it the night of is not a big deal anymore because it's, they've realized that it's come to this point where you just don't enjoy the story or the arc they're giving you, or you don't care for somehow the writing or like I said, or it's just blatantly like dumbfounding some of the decisions that are made and you're just wondering, I mean, there's just a hundred different reasons, but a lot of people are giving up the priority of life for something. Like, the bottom line is, is that if you're a Game of Thrones fans, the bottom, you, Sunday night, you, you, you might as well close the door, turn your phone off. You're not going to effing bother me. 
Yeah. We used to be that way for Walking Dead. Like, oh my God, da 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 da. Don't get me wrong. I still, I don't miss on Sunday night. I mean, I just don't because I'm because I'm a huge comic book fan, and I was a huge. I'm still a huge TV show person. I just hate the direction they've gone. And of course, that's my opinion. My opinion alone. But you no, know. it's not your opinion alone because there's just been too many grumblings this season. I'm not talking about just this episode. This season, how many episodes is it? Eight episodes Correct. a season, right? Correct. We got uh, two good episodes. Two, maybe three. That you know, I give it two and a half, maybe. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm talking about of a, a memorable, decent episode that we got. I think I thought episode two was good. I thought the first one and the second one were good. I think it came out the gates pretty good. Yeah, see, that's the thing is, I think one and two, pretty damn good. And then I struggle to remember number three. Yeah. I'll tell you what happens when uh, uh, Rodriguez, when after her episode, it's just like... That was episode two. Yeah, I think it just it died after that. Yeah, see, I don't know, man. I, I what This is how I prioritize a show. I don't watch network television. This is a conversation we've all had. Correct. A lot of times. Okay. Walking Dead, like you say, a lot of times it was priority for Sunday. You prioritize it. It's like Sunday. I'm sitting down. I'm watching it. And I want to watch it when it starts because I don't want to be behind everybody else reacting to it on Twitter and stuff like that. There is no possible way I could watch this show right now with commercials. There's (laughs) no way. Yeah. It's not good enough for me to wait through the 15 to 18 minutes of commercials they're going to give me. Yep. Okay. When you're when you're an HBO quality show, a Westworld, a Game of Thrones, uh, a Wire, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. even going back that far, a Deadwood type of show, you know you're going to get that solid hour of entertainment. It just is so far superior to what we're getting right now. For instance, another AMC show, Breaking Bad. I sit through every commercial, no problem. Yeah, because you're salivating for what comes on the screen next. Yeah, but see, here's the deal. All right, if you want to compare apples to apples, AMC show, AMC show. Breaking Bad had, it didn't have a source material to start with. It was an original series, everything. There were no expectations going into an episode of what you were going to see. You might have had a vague idea based on if you had read the source material or different things like that or so on, like with Walking Dead. But the difference was is that Breaking Bad... Can you name a single episode you're like, oh my God, that's terrible coincidental. That's, I mean, really? That's, that is most unrealistic decision. Da, da, da. You didn't have those issues. You know, it seemed like everything was 100% plausible. Don't get me wrong. Now, some of his little science experiments, blowing up a building, doing this, that, or so on, you know, Mythbusters debunked all that, but you didn't care. It sounded good. It was delivered well. The whole nine yards. When you get to The Walking Dead, it seems like the last few seasons, especially, we're constantly questioning. Really? Or did that just really happen? This is the decision you come out of this? This is what you decide to do now? You know, when you're coming up with those things and that's what the chatter's about on social media, not about how amazing and dumbfounded you were and this, that, or so on. That's the sign of writing. That's the sign of the direction. That's the sign of the showrunner, you know, and what's changed. You know what I mean? I can go back to season one of Walking Dead, and there's not a single episode in season one that I go, I question anything. Oh, no. The, this season makes me long for season two of Walking Dead. Yeah. The slow farm episodes. 
we haven't even gotten into the episode yet, which we'll go through so fast. This is going to be hurtful. Yeah. But I'm just, I want to, I'd rather, I think this is mainly about our feelings about the show, not about this episode, because let's be honest, not a lot happens in this episode. No, it's just, it's kind of like a a conclusion of events just set up the next half season. It's really not, you know. This was more chess pieces moving than it was. Very rapid. This storyline ending or this storyline ending or whatever the case may be. This was, I mean, extremely just chess pieces being moved around the board. So anyway, um, I, I don't. We, we always talk about the characters that we we give a shit about and how we need to trim fat. And, you know, we we obviously, if you've listened to the show, you know which ones we'd love them to trim off <laughs> yes. in a heartbeat. Um, but instead, we lose one that we actually give a shit about. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, what they hung their hat on that everybody's going to be talking about, I feel like it's coming out negative. It is. I, one of my posts I put out there, I said, you know, this is supposed to be a very memorable episode due to something you'll be talking about for a long period of time. Memorable, yes. But for a good reason and product productivity to the future, no. No, this, there's no way. Right. I, I like when a, uh, a heavy-duty character goes out, you know, surprisingly or whatever the case may be. But my thing is you could have gotten lasting impact you know, a good rise out of the crowd and had positive feelings going into the next season versus what we just did, which is where you just totally shit on the comic book readers. And then the show watching fans who have like watched Chandler Riggs, like grow into a character they can actually stand to see on the screen to now take him away. It's like, yeah, you're just tearing their heartstrings out. You're, you're leaving the Rosita's and the Terra's and the even the Daryl's at this point. You know what I mean on the screen. The awful, awful. They've twisted Morgan all up again. Yes, we got Gabriel dying for a random ass reason. Do we? <laughs> Eugene. We have no idea what Eugene is anymore. So I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. They. Uh, we're gonna when we get into the episode. You're gonna. You know, the guy sitting behind Maggie. But yeah, they, let's just dive into this. Let's dive into it because I mean, this, this is cool shit. Man. Yeah, let's just dive into it. Um, the bottom line is, you know, in the beginning, you get a little bit of Rick finishing up where he's like, "Hey, North, South, West, where are you guys?" And basically, it's just the same thing, concluding that everybody's gone. You know, whatever right. happened. But then we get into this. Uh, you can definitely tell it's a backflash. Well, this is the Rick and Carl in, you know, and this is. This is right after Sadiq. Or what's his name again? I'm sorry. Sadiq. It's Sadiq, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, right after he shoots over his head and runs. Right, because he's talking to him, you know, and he's just basically the the, the whole mantra is is that, um, you know, you don't have to kill everybody, Dad. You know, there has to be a future after this, and not even Negan. Yeah, the life is you know life is still going to move on. Da 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 da. And th- as soon as they showed this, uh, the crosshairs immediately went to Carl for me. I don't know why. And then I kept second-guessing myself. Like, no way they killed a main character. No way. Da, 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 da. But, like, then we've already been down this road. So what was the necessity of bringing this in unless there was, a you know, a reason? So that was, was immediately going into my mind. But I kept telling myself, no fucking way. You know, Carl's the future of the show. And Carl's the future of the comic. And blah, blah, blah. 
you know, my, my problem with this was just the knowledge that you have dropped on me in the past. If you're a comic book reader, this feels so hammy and just like hitting you over the head, right? That you're like, oh well. I mean, it's good. I'm glad to know we're going to go this direction in the future or whatever. Like right, that. but it's like. I already know what to expect now. It's like I mean, putting a teleprompter up and saying, read this as yeah. the plot line. You know? Yeah, so it's like, if I was a comic book reader on this and I knew more about this show, that would have like led me right down to the point where, oh, well, well I know where this is going. Right. You know what I mean? And I won't I won't share that right now because I don't want anybody that doesn't yeah, read I mean, the comic to know that, but I'm just saying, man, they just, they just, once again, they just beat you right over the head with this. It's just a classic Walking Dead, man. I mean, it's just one of those things is that I guess if you're just, I don't think they think your viewer is dumb, but they just, they want to make sure that it's in there and people see it, understand it and roll with it, I guess. I don't know. But what'd you think about what followed this? This is where they did this whole solemn music and you got facial like a montage because they did it twice in the episode in the early and in the late. What do you think they were trying to you know say here? I... I don't know. I feel like this is where they were trying to get a little artsy with the episode, kind of, <laughs> you know, a little cinematography for this deal or whatever. But uh, I, it didn't do anything for me necessarily. I didn't. Not something I had just had to have. Yeah. Well, I think it, I'm guessing this is supposed to show their emotional state at the time. Maybe I. I don't know. But yeah, but look at like when they slow mo Carol. Yeah, it's emotionless. It's Carol face. Yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's not resting bitch face. It's just resting Carol face. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I mean, there's, I don't know. There, like I said, I don't, I didn't get anything out of it necessarily. No. Whatever, if that's the director's choice, fine. But I'm just, you know, it wasn't for me. Yeah. All right, let's do um, Eden and Aaron. They have a small little segment here. Um, first, we're in the car, which this is an odd pairing. And they evidently have made the decision that they're going to go to Oceanside to convince them to help with this. Yeah, Aaron says before they leave, I'm going to go make do sure something we- to make sure we win. Correct. That's the mission. So I was like, well, hopefully he's going to get like the grenade launcher he yeah, has hidden he's somewhere. He's going to find the nuclear weapon. You know. Yeah, something. Um yeah, I wasn't real sure, but that ends up becoming the conclusion. I'm not really sure how that becomes a guarantee of victory, uh, recruiting Oceanside people. I'm not either, and this is not necessarily a, a bunch of people I want to give guns to either. Um, considering, I mean... Uh, You're going to give them their guns back? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. really. Uh, by the way, here, I mean, we borrowed these. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand this part. I don't. And then the whole... Um, hey, let's let Ina drive a little bit, which I actually appreciate this, you know, just kind of, hey, you know what? You have to realize she still is a teenager. She still is somebody. This is a necessity. So it really didn't bother me. Kind of show a little bit of kinship there. Um, but I, the whole, I want to check this out and go over to the distillery. What do you think I mean, <laughs> the whole, um, I totally understand Aaron's sadness and stuff like that, but I just thought it was so cheeseball where he's like, me and Eric used to make trips like this. So yeah. like, you know, like this was a trip down to, you know, to Maybe, Napa yeah. for some wine <laughs> tasting and stuff. You know what I mean? I just need some cheese with that wine. Yeah, I, I, I just thought this was really cheeseball, how they worked it out. And well, then, the, But then to switch it to Enid driving made more sense to me because it was like, 
okay, well, let's get that out of your head. Right. And do this. I think the biggest thing was, it was just the way I think, and nothing against the, the actor for Aaron like that. I just thought it was the way he delivered it a little bit. Like you were talking about, it was kind of cheese. That's what it felt like. You know, it just it felt just, cheesy. Yeah. I just felt like maybe if it was delivered a little bit differently, I maybe wouldn't have felt that way. I know exactly what you mean. But so we're going to the distillery, right? And all of a sudden, well, they just come out over the truck. You know, one's driving the truck, one's driving the car. And this place is good as any. I guess that's where they're going to sleep and so on. Okay. I guess. And I guess this is really close to Oceanside. I, I guess so. Because, um, I mean, the whole group got there basically on foot, you know, and Nana is the evidently the leader on this. Okay. So just so we have this visual here, Eric hears something and then sees a shadowy figure from the truck. Okay. Going the opposite way around the truck. Okay. So he gets out with his AK 47. Eden gets out with her gun. All right. And so they decide to separate to go, you know, flank this flank whoever this individual is. And of course, you know, we leave Aaron behind and, you know, the camera follows Eden. And also, ah, <laughs> yeah, really Bubba school sound effects happen. Yeah. And Aaron's on the ground with a shadowy figure over and Eden takes her cap gun. Cause when it shoots, it looks like the cap gun, um, and greases this person, you know? Um, and it comes to find out it's grandma, old Nana. Yeah. It just drops her like a bad transmission right there beside Aaron, you know? Um, to me, like, I didn't have a, I guess my problem was, is that how does nothing, how does this elderly woman get the drop on Aaron physically able to knock him completely off his feet where he's disarmed to where he is helpless with her, with a spear over him to stab him? That scenario right there. I just want you to put that in perspective. It just doesn't quite, you know, add, you know, one plus one equals two on this situation. No, this is horse crap. And so, so when Enid comes around, okay, I understand that, you know, okay, we, we take no quarter because even Aaron and Enid said, well, you know, Tara was the only first one they ever let live that came through. Da, 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 da. We have to convince them. We have to try. We have to say, okay. All right. Well, not to mention, we're not sure this is an Oceanside person. Correct. It's I think Enid came around just like. Guns are blazing. Whoever this is, is getting it. Right. You know so, what I mean? So, so we grease Nana. She drops. Wow. What an exit of a character. I mean, the leader of Oceanside doesn't even get a 10 seconds on the screen without a hole through her. I mean, did she even get a word? No. It was just, she fell, they rolled her body over. Grandma! And it's over. Ew. Okay, so then the other two people come up. There's a lot of them. The other two girls come up, and they have what looks like fish hook spears. Yeah, this know? is like some Pirates of the Caribbean business right here. Right, and I was like, okay, so none of them have a single gun left. They left them to completely defenseless with, with no yeah. firearms. Yeah, these are all makeshift spears. Exactly, and I was just like, wow. And so I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, so about convincing them to join you when you just grease the leader. Yeah. You know? Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Enid, this is one of the best parts, I think, was Enid's face after this happens. Right. You know what I mean? You realize the world of shit you're in. She's like, we just came out here to, to talk to, <laughs> and now this. It Once again, they left out like this small little thing that would have helped this not seem coincidental. With the fact of where are they parking and why are they parking here or whatever the case may be, you just feel like 
how did Oceanside know they were over here or whatever the case may be? You know what I'm saying? Like, was there a patrol? Are there scouts out keeping an eye out whether or not you're close by? I don't know. Whatever. I, I always always feel like there's this little explanation missing. Well, there's always that little sprinkle of detail that makes things more plausible. Absolutely. It doesn't take much. It doesn't. Show them park within view of, of Oceanside. Or... or as a park, you see somebody in the trees looking at you with a set of binoculars. A first-person view right? of somebody peering around the tree. They've done it a bazillion times. Oh, yeah. You remember when we met the garbage pail kids the first time, the boat and everything? A, ba- a set of boots comes down and yeah. walks away. Nothing to it. Ding! You're, to you've been on site. Somebody's seen you. Um, and it, It's three seconds of film. Anyway, the uh, end. The end on those jokers. And so who knows what's going to happen with them, which yeah. I don't have no fear you know, because the reality of it is if they take no quarter or anything, like that, both of those should be hanging with their entrails hanging out from a tree. And the thing of it is, too, if they kill Enid now, say Enid dies, now you're missing out on a big thing with her finding out about Carl. Correct. She even drops a Carl line in this road trip. Mm-hmm. You know, t- what, was, what was she talking about? Something, oh, you're much better driver than Carl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they they tend to get into accidents when they're together. Yeah. Um, a little prone. But so yeah, so I have very little fear for Enid's life now. More fear for Aaron than I do Enid, you know, because I feel like that has to, at some point, come together now. Right. The um, one little part in the beginning we didn't talk about was is that Rick and uh, Jadis like that they run up on there to look at the building closer to kind of get a visual, and then they get shot upon, mm-hmm. and Rick has to do you know. John Claude on Dan roll over there to the you know to the behind the concrete pillar, uh, and believe it or not, I was really impressed. I did like all the bullet effects hitting the ground and hitting the concrete and everything else. I mean, like it looked the part, you know what I mean? Because more bullets hit the ground around Rick than the entire firefight in some of the other episodes. Okay, so I give you that, and then it, to see the garbage pail people. Just throwing the deuces and running and running because he's over there. He's throwing orders around like, "Do this, flank that." They're like, "F you!" It's like watching the tail of a white tail leave you. You know, and that older man that's one of her like right hand man or whatever like that, just with a light jog on the way out. Yeah, I'm like, just, they'd all be greased in the back right now. Yeah, you know. Just, um, so <laughs> Rick's like, "Dang!" So he's pinned down. Um, he's sitting there, and it happens. And I almost spit up my Cheerios and everything else. Guess who just happens to roll up in a nice silver nice Tahoe? U- nice Yukon or Tahoe, Tahoe. Says. Out of effing nowhere, her and Jerry just roll up. Yeah. Like, get in, hop in, and roll out. And still, once again, this thing would be Swiss cheese. Jerry would be bleeding from 27 orifices of his body <laughs> be because fountain, he was on a fountain of blood right now. <laughs> yes. He would be spitting, you know, guts yeah. everywhere. I mean, don't get wrong. There was a few broken pieces of glass and this stuff. Evidently not any glass where he was, but I was just like, you got Jerry it. would look like Tupac at this point. <laughs> <laughs> a big fat no, Tupac. They would look, no, it would be like Bonnie and Clyde in this car, and Rick would hop in to look at their corpses. Um, that's not, I mean, like the amount of bullets that were hitting him on the ground. That's what I'm talking about. Like the first scene is so cool. Machine gun fire is coming down on this thing. Right. It's hitting all around Rick where he can't even stand up. How Otherwise, hard would it have been to just make it one of the 
one of the cars with the panels on the side. Right. And so for them two to roll up on an SUV and to walk and just roll out unscathed. God. Windshield's not blown out. that's, That's the thing. And then, of course, the timing. Rick literally just rolled into this thing like John Carver Nam and Jadis Nam just ran away. And within three seconds, Carol rides up. I mean, the timing. Yeah. No. I mean, the of course. T- it's I mean it's like watching a garbage truck hit a speaker truck. I mean it- Oh no. That's- <laughs> there is no, no comparison. There's, no, There's comparison. no matching that one. Uh I just that's what I'm getting at, man. I'm just like, whoa. So yeah, Rick gets them. They get out of there, and they're like, "We got to get back. We got to get back." All right. Um, who do you want to go to next, though? Because I mean, it's like a, it's such we a, could knock out Eugene real fast. Yeah, we could. All right. So Eugene has a Eugene moment has a, of conscience. Well, he sits there, and I'm, I was laughing my ass off. He's doing shots of wine. Shots. I, I'm gonna say this is brandy. At least that would make more sense. The color of it. Well, brandy's pretty dark. Yeah. I'm going to say it was wine. <laughs> I know, but... <laughs> anyway, he's doing shots of wine, which to, is kind to, of funny. To try to help him sleep. Right. So he's sitting there, and you're seeing his face cringe, and he, this is a person fighting his own conscience, is basically what well, I'm getting. Fighting his own survival instinct, his right. own evolution. Correct. Just a man conflicted. Yeah. You know, and that's Although what this is weird face he's making. Yes, dude. It's almost as bad as Aaron's cry face. Uh, if you remember I, the Aaron cry face, it's it's rough. When you're struggling with something mentally, do you physically shake at a vibration level and sweat to death? <sighs> I I mean, like if I like lost somebody and I was struggling with grief, maybe, you know. But no, that whole the face like he's wearing his emotion when you're alone in a bed. Um. I don't know. It didn't bother me because it's Eugene. Now, if this was another character who didn't, you know, speak robotic and, you know, possibly on the spectrum or so on, you know, has, you know, social cues or different ways of going about things. And that's just his personality. It didn't bother me. The, you know, now this is Rosita all of a sudden just rolling over going, I'd be like, bullshit. I mean, you think of the compilation of Rick emotions that we've seen before, you know what I mean? Where he's just <laughs> stoic. Yeah. Can't even think straight. He's, he's right. sweating so bad. His <laughs> yeah. eyes burning probably. Um, to, you know, when... when Crying and rolling when around Lori's the ground. dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just like horrific Rickery screams. And... Uh, Rickery screams. Patting that, please. <laughs> just... You know, to Eugene, Eugene, I think you're right, is probably one of the only characters I think this is okay to do. Yeah, I mean, it didn't bother me. I, to me, like, he can't verbally express a man conflicted without, right. you know, so the facial expression is the best you're going to get. And it works. So, anyway, what he's conflicted on is whether or not to is help Gabriel and the doctor. Yeah, is he a good guy or a bad guy? So he puts a headlamp on, and I'm like, okay, what's he doing with the headlamp? Is he going to go find another RC plane? Is he looking at more coffins? Okay, the power is out at the sanctuary, apparently. Correct. So, anyway, he goes to the doctor's office (laughs) with a spray bottle, a fan (laughs) spray bottle. I know it, man. I thought he had, like, um, uh, ammonia smelling salted, the doctor. No, he had sprayed him in his face. Yeah. And then he goes over and sprays Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. What the F, man? Gabriel <laughs> Gabriel is, the sicker he gets, the more awake he is. 
Yeah, like he's actually improved based on his condition. It's supposed to be worsening. He looks worse, but he's more cognizant. Yeah. <laughs> he's not so laid up anymore. And, you know, he looks almost terrified that Eugene's <laughs> talking to him. Um, so Eugene decides that he's going to put one of the guards out with explosive diarrhea. Um, yeah, that guy's be painting. Or he might be crapping his khakis. Crap, if he's not catastrophic crapping of the khakis. Yeah. Yes. Um, I put it in my notes. I was dying laughing. Uh, to basically let these guys get out one of the gates. But he is not going to leave no. because he's playing both sides once again. He's like he's got one foot in the Rick party and one foot in the Negan party. You know, I, part of me is like he's accept he wants to save everyone's life. He's not really trying to be a bad guy to anybody. You know what I mean? Like example, heck, he didn't kill the guard. He just made his life miserable at the toilet. You know, like he's just not a killer. Oh yeah, and I, I like the fact that even Gary Bell said you killed a guard because that would seem so out of character. Yes, very out of character. So, but then of course no. You know, I fucked with his chili or whatever. Right. So, I mean, that right there tells you that, you know, maybe he really is honing in on the role of I'm just saving people and I appreciate being valued for it. I'm getting that from Negan. I'm going to do it for you guys, you know, getting you out here because it's going to help save Maggie and the baby and all this, you know, all yeah. that good stuff. So, Eugene, like I said, like Eugene last episode didn't bother me. You know, the Eugene this episode didn't bother me. Um, I totally get it. Sometimes his, sometimes his dialogue is a little much. You know, he didn't used to be like so over the top with his mannerisms and his rhyming and some of the stuff that he says. I don't know. I, I feel like he's he stayed pretty consistent with that type of stuff to me, or at least to the point where it's not bothering me. Right. Matter of fact, he's one of the characters I actually enjoy hearing right right for. Yeah. You know. Um. So that doesn't really bother me too much, but there you go. That's Eugene's story. Yeah, I mean, there ain't much else to Eugene on this one. Um, now, we do have a whole deal of Michonne and Tara and Rosita and Daryl, and we get this whole little deal of, you know, hey, I'm sorry, don't worry about it, it worked. You know, back and forth, like Tara and Rosita have the little conversation when they put all these, you know, she grabs a box and puts 27 more on there. Yeah, how about this little comic relief they pull with Rosita yeah, and I Tara? Mean, you know, like, hey, you know, you were wrong for doing it, you know, but I'm still going to play jokes with you since you, it worked according to what you're saying, you know? Yeah, y'all are saying it worked, so no harm done, right. basically. Yeah. If yeah. anything, it only helped our correct problem. Right. And so... And then, you know, you get a much different version when you get Michonne and Daryl, you know, it's okay, don't worry about it, no sorry, you know, no sorry. It worked, it It worked. worked. It just kept saying it worked, it worked, it worked, you know. So you knew this, uh, we already knew, of course, but it's like instant karma, basically. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, Then all of a sudden, you know, we're packing things up, we're getting stuff going, da-da-da. And out of note, we get, well, we get well, actually, the, we get little Carl. We get Carl writing, writing a, note. a letter. Yeah. A letter, a note, and putting it in a book, you know. And it's not real clear what he's writing about, but you can tell by the solemnness of it, this, that, or so on. It's a little bit of a sprinkle of. To me, when I was first watching this, after I was denying myself that he was a target, to me, it made it sound like that Carl was leaving. That's what I thought Carl was leaving. I thought that him and Sadiq were going to go somewhere else and try to do something different because even, you know, even in the comic book, Carl separates from his dad 
and goes to a different group, you know, like Hilltop or Kingdom like that and so on. And like a lot of characters, sometimes they, you know, they flip flop, go different places. So I was like, okay, so maybe they're just kind of remixing this and making this a little early where he goes and be as part of another group. You know, the, the classic Walking Dead setup of splitting characters. Yeah, the only the only weird thing would have been the timing because he's well aware they're in the middle of hopefully finishing a war. Correct. You know what I mean? So that would have been weird. But when they put him by the sewer, like he's pulling the grate off and stuff like that, it makes it look like he's taken off. Yeah. Almost like, like him and Sadiq are going to go look yeah. for more people that are alone out there and bring them in. You know what I'm saying? Like Almost like they're going to do the errand job now. Correct. Um, and scout for people. So that's like, okay, well, maybe that'll be something, I guess, but it'd be a weird timing to try to pull that shit. Um, I realize hiding Sadiq somewhere would be one thing. I honestly thought they were going to flash from Carl upstairs to that to Sadiq in the jail cell and whatever that house is or whatever. Right. And that downstairs thing that had Morgan in for a while. You know, I thought it was going to be like that. Um, until, at least until Rick got there, so he could like ease him into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Um, that didn't end up being the case, obviously. He's writing a note to whoever, most likely Rick or Enid, and then he finds the letter from Enid or the piece of paper that says, just survive somehow. Right. All right, so we all know that when you get bit, there's different lengths of time for when you change. Correct. But when you get bit, you do seem to turn pretty fast as far as like the way you look. To me, you got within 24 hours, you're already sweating and looking pretty rough. 24 hours my ass. If not sooner. You got to think remember when they attacked the Savior compound. Those people were turning on the ground. That's true. Remember the kingdom's people. Remember Ezekiel's uh, got a pile on top of it. Oh, that's right. His people are turning within the hour. Within the hour. Okay. Now, we've seen some that didn't turn like that before. I mean, first season, uh, the what was his name? Ed, not Ed, but the guy they left by the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he looked like shit. Right. But he was still... He was talking to you for like... He was still that guy. And they left him behind. What do you think? Like eight hours, it seemed like? Every bit of it, yeah. So it's like, there is a variable in there. Yeah, but evidently, Ed, evidently, if you're an asshole, you you turn quick. <laughs> yeah, but Shane turns immediately. Yeah. I mean, there's like people that turn in an instant. Correct. So it's like, there's no, there's no way to judge this completely. But if Carl was, where I'm assuming he was bit when he saved Sadiq. Okay, well, in The Talking Dead, this was addressed. And according to Gimple, uh, who looked very sure of himself you know, with that and so on, you can clearly see he gets bit because Carl even grimaces from being bit and so on. I, uh, sh- I didn't never catch saw that. this. Never. Uh, according to him, he's just surprised so many people missed it because he, so, he applauded Carl for making it look so authentic. They should have shown a replay. Um. It should have been shown before the episode or something. All right. So here's the other thing to compare it to. We do assume Father Gabriel is bit, or we assume that he's just got a nasty sickness because they have never clarified it. So if he's bit or has got infected, 
He's lasting even longer than what Carl is. No, the doctor has already inspected Gabriel, and there's no bite. Okay. You know what I mean? He's saying he has infections that are spreading in him. So, okay, fine. But Carl, if he was when he saved Sadiq, this was more than a day ago. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And he's made a trek back to home base. With he this shows bite, shows no signs of illness. I just he showed no signs of illness when he was talking to Negan on top of the fence. Exactly, and then you're gonna have to explain to me within, what happens when he falls. So within within less than an hour, I'm guessing. And okay, let's talk about the time jump. Oh golly, yeah, because it goes to dark. It goes real dark quick. real fast. All real, of a sudden. real fast, because then it goes to the the whistling. Well, and the the bat being banged on the gate. That's right. what you hear first, okay? Correct. All right. Now, there is a really quick scene of Jerry in a car, and you hear a collision and glass going everywhere, and hit, you know, and then it cuts away to commercial, and then you get to this part. But, bang, bang, bang. Right, so this is, we're going to have to kind of talk about all this in a group here, I guess. Correct. So, Carl, they hear the banging, they hear Negan. This is good Negan that we get. Yes. Um, I like... This is the acting of Negan and stuff like that I like when he's on the side of the gate and everything like that. I'm going to tell you, this entire scenario where they're at Alexandria, I really enjoyed everything on Alexandria. Yeah, no. This, this part of the episode was really, really good to me. And I even thought Carl's plan was strong. It was. Where he was like, <clears throat> make it look like we're escaping out the back with the garbage trucks and stuff like that, that convoy, when really... We're escaping into the sewers, and we're laying off smoke bombs to make it hard to see everybody and all that stuff. thought this was pretty strong. But the way he first explains it, it almost feels like they're running the trucks out, and then they're going to set up an ambush for when they come in. And they're going to fight right there is what yeah, it felt yeah, like. Yeah. Um, His only comment that made me think of it was, I did, we just have to survive tonight. Yeah. Um, was like, well, you know, we can't just leave Alexandria. And he's like, yes, we can. We just have to survive tonight. It's like, okay, well, then that means I guess they are leaving Alexandria. So, I, you know, this part with Negan, I really enjoyed this. When Carl goes up on the wall and tries to talk him down, I mean, it was excellent to see Negan actually kind of get taken aback. Right. You know, talking well, about... you saw him stumble. You is saw this, him think. Is this who you wanted to be? Is this how you planned it? Is this how you wanted to continue? Yeah. Is this where you saw yourself? Do you did you you know? It's basically look at what you've created and who you are to get here. Is this what you wanted? Right. And you see Jeffrey D. Morgan like shudder and think and you know like that and it, it hit home. This was oh, yeah. really good. I thought this hit home and I thought this was handled very well and probably the best line of the entire thing. Is when you know the car, the caravan breaks through the wall, and all of a sudden Carl's gone. He's like, "I thought we were having a moment, you little shit." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was excellent. Right. You right, know, right. I mean, I thought that was good writing. That was well done. You know, I was like, "Perfect." Yeah. So, I was actually pumped up to see good Negan because he can wear on you. He can. His act, his whole spiel, can wear on you over time. Like when he's when he's messing with Eugene and he's manipulating Eugene, that kind of almost bores me a little bit. Well, yeah, because it's so blatant and it's elaborate. Yeah, you know how he talks to him and stuff. But when they're doing this right here, when Negan's a little pissed off, and 
you know, things are going back and forth. That's strong Negan to me. You know what I mean? So I thought that was cool. The only thing I thought was strange was three minutes. Um, knock, knock, knock. You better open this effing door and you better have your apologies ready. And the lamest one is going to die along with Rick yeah, and so on. I don't see you standing there allowing somebody to get a plan, gain a defense, get prepared or anything. Well, it looks like the plan was they had the whole place surrounded. You know, even though Dwight had this little thin force on the backside right there. Now, you could say that it takes them three minutes to decide this is what we have to do instead of just rapidly going into defense mode. Possible. You know, just look at it two different ways. You know, if we bust right down, people might just start shooting. We can lose people, have problems. True. You know, if we make it where we give them a few minutes to really consider... You know, we got we're surrounded. You, you know, and, get and your make apologies him, ready, and make them understand that an apology could save you. Correct. You know, just fighting. be sorry. We just want Rick and one other person to pay the due. Correct. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, that's cool. All right. Anyway, Carl's gone. It's been it's been ten seconds at least, but somehow Carl falls. Off the ladder or something? Yeah, as he's going down the ladder from the side of that deal, he falls and evidently messes his leg up. And you see later in the episode, he's got a wound on his top of his leg. Yeah, I, I thought it was like his hip or something. I thought so too, because his limp was semi-lame. But yes, it was, it was a limp. Um, yeah, and he's throwing this surplus of smoke bombs everywhere. Yeah. I um, mean, he's throwing them like they're, he's dropping them like they're hot, and uh, which is fine. But Negan decides to go ahead and shoot grenade guns, okay? Now, here's my problem, okay? This is when some of those explosive details don't match. Make no uh, sense. No shit. Houses sh- are blowing up. All right. The fir- all right. Think about this now. The furry first scene where he says, shoot, you know, grenade them MFers, whatever like that. Those guys are shooting somewhere in the neighborhood of seven degree- 70 degrees in the air. I mean, like, they're almost borderline straight up, you know. Yeah. If you're shooting this, we're talking about a good 60 to 100 yards away landing, even not farther, you know what I mean? And so on. The explosions are right behind the gate. I mean, like, literally right behind the gate. Because when you see it gone, and you see the first set of explosions, and it cuts to commercial. I was like, okay, not possible. The, the explosion would be a lot farther away from the angles they were shooting their guns. But then, like you're going to talk about is, is that the explosions were so inconsistent. One was a small fireball here. One was a car barely blew up. And another one, the entire home explodes. Well, the thing is, these things are exploding from the middle of the inside of a house. Correct. I don't I don't claim to be a grenade expert of any kind or you know from a grenade launcher but I'm assuming they detonate on impact. Yeah, cuz Carl was leaning up in a house on one and he hears one go through a window and then runs and it explodes. Yeah, but even other than that how the hell did it go through the window first off <laughs> at the angle they're shooting at? But also when one hits a roof it would explode on the roof, right? right? Blow a huge hole in the roof. I give it that. But why are they like going through the roof, landing inside the Exploding house, floating from the middle of the and house, and blowing entire houses out? Those grenade launchers aren't that powerful. Oh well, yeah, they don't penetrate like that. But they I'm just hit saying, and explode. Like, it's not going to make the whole damn house explode. I mean, it's going to be awful. 
It'll be a huge blowout. It'll yeah. blow a bedroom completely gone. Exactly. But, but the entire house going up blow is a, a house load to timbers. Of crap. Yes. You know what I mean? And the thing was, they start firing off with the first round is like what fifteen people seem like they're firing grenades. There ought to be fifteen explosions all over the place. What do we see? Single shot here. Three. Three, maybe four, land, and then it just kind of it was off and on. Yeah, so it was like we were shooting duds. <laughs> I was just like, what, did the CG budget run out? Y'all couldn't just throw some fireballs up or something? You know what I mean? Yeah, I was just surprised. I thought it would. I mean, that should have looked like it was literally raining fire. You know what I'm saying? Like just hell on earth in that space. Correct. And I don't know, man. I just thought they kind of when the car blows up next to Carl, it looked so ridiculous. It did. Um, it did. So I, man, I really just didn't know the route they were going with these explosions. Well, here's the other thing, too, is when these explosions were happening, you know, if we remember we talked in the preview cast, when this happens, a prominent character gets blown up. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And loses a leg. And, but, like, and of course, uh, Denise, who is still alive in the comic book at this time, helps to get this person inside to try to save them. And Carl gets blown up. Yeah, I. But he is concussed, and has to go into a hospital. Da, 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 da. So that's that was the how the comic book went about it. I thought for sure that oh my god, are they going to blow Carl's leg off and we're going to watch him die? You know, from something like that. I was like, holy smacks! But then when you saw the car blow up and him get blown away, I was like, oh man, I thought he was going to try to stand up and he couldn't because you know the whole it was that awkward pause of how long it took him to stand up. Yeah, and I was like. Oh, they finished the show his leg gone. And I was like getting ready to fifth pump. And they're like, no, moving on. <laughs> we just yeah. moved to the house. <laughs> the the best explosion we got was the church. Yes. That one was pretty rad. Yeah. And it, then it, the, when he looks back at it later and it looks like a burning cross correct. on the top of it and stuff like that, I was like, hey, you know what? That looks pretty cool. I thought they did a good job with that. It, although the church blew up like it was a damn... Yeah, like gas a, tank inside yeah, there. Yeah, like it had you know uh, TNT inside of it. Yeah, you know? so the nitroglycerin just went up for some reason. <laughs> right, um, Rosita must have left it unstable packet. There, there you go. You're right. Unstable package of dynamite. <laughs> that luckily she was okay to handle and walk right, away. Yeah, it made it there without um, sweating. But yeah, so this whole ordeal, you know, with the grenades not really landing where we thought they would land, the explosions kind of being goofy. Uh, Carl just has an insane amount of smoke bombs he's you know ripping out. Yes, uh, which is cool or whatever like that. You, I like how they in the background you always saw people running. It mm-hmm. looked like you know uh, somebody leading families. Yeah, I did. I did appreciate that the camera made a point to show people. Yeah, like, he's stalling. He's making a point. To Absolutely, draw it out. Absolutely, I thought that was well done. Um, but you know they they come in. You know they break down the the gate. Do you think Negan's a little a little too much to be just rolling in there without yes. a gun in front? To me, it's like there could be a person standing by a house. It just drops you like a bad transmission. I mean, I'm just saying, like, honestly, pow. there should be. Right. You know, hey, Why is free shot on him. Take Tobin it. Tobin just sitting there in the bush. Waiting. Just waiting. Like, hey, as soon as he shows himself, he's not going to be Lord Raiden again and put his bat up and stop a bullet again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Lord Raiden. I. As soon as he shows himself to be just out in the open, take a few shots, dude. What do you got to live for? Whatever, man. Be the maybe hero. if you knock the head off the snake, the, the rest hero. of the people will just be like, "Hey, man, f this. We're not Negan." You know what I'm saying? Right. But dude, that if you're Carl, I realize what he's trying to do, and they're you know they're trying to put all this onto your head 
that he's trying to make it, you know, where we all have to get along, you know, we have to do this. That's what the future is and stuff like that. But really Carl should just stand there in the bush in the pile of smoke and just wait for him to step in and just grease him. But that, or at least have a grenade with you. Uh, you know, I mean, if you had one or something like that and just be like, you know, I'm surrendering and go to Negan and then bang. And so what if you, you're already dying? You're already dead. Do you, do you think they did a good enough job of creating a good relationship between Carl and Negan to the fact where Carl has flipped now to where he doesn't want to kill Negan? No. No, I don't think so Not either. Not even close. You know, when Negan kept him alive and had him up in his room and was like talking shit about his eyeball and stuff like that, you know yeah. what I mean? I was like, he, he's doing more terrorizing Carl than to me than it is making yeah. a relationship. To, to me, it was just, it was showing his lifestyle and bragging about what is the opposite of what everybody wants. Yeah. And so, and I can, I can imagine Negan liking Carl though. Yeah. Just like he's not balls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he came in there ready to kill and stuff like that. But Carl's made too much of a flip all of a sudden now. Yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't add up. So unfortunately, a character I actually give a shit about, Carl, who they've kind of messed up his story arc. Yeah, but dramatically, uh, but it's still give a shit about him. And now that they're taking him out and stuff like that, it's just like, damn, guys. I mean, it was ridiculous to bring the Sadiq character in and all these other characters still alive. But now you're taking out one that we give a shit about. You know what I mean? We just talked about this, but. I mean, it's still hard for me to struggle with this. Anyway, they come in. They spot Carl. He does a little smoke. But he does. Copperfield. Yeah. <laughs> David, David Copperfield. Copperfield. Yeah. Assy McGee. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and go- oh, my God. Assy McGee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guys, if y'all have never watched, it's uh, it's not Comedy Central. No. Is it Comedy Central? What? I don't know if it was, but it was oh, one of those late God. night. Yes. Um, I'm talking. You can just Google it. Assy McGee. When you see the image of what Assy McGee is, <laughs> you, you you're gonna think we're we're pulling your leg. But he had a TV series that was borderline absolutely ridiculous. But it was some of the funniest adult oh humor. My God. Some of the best one-liners you've ever seen. I mean, it was just it was ridiculous. But I'm talking about we were rolling. along anyway. the lines of Squid Billies. Yes, you know the, same concept. Those things. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, he just does this. Okay. So, he, but anyway, but he, he vanishes into the sewer grate. Correct. Um, we saw how Carl struggled moving that sewer grate earlier in the episode. And he didn't, he did this without making a sound. Without making a sound and instantly fast, he was able to pull it off, get down in there and then cover himself back up. And they didn't see the mysterious sewer grate sitting right there. I mean, dude, come on, man. I know it, man. Total bullshit. Not to mention... He's obviously a, a, a lame horse at this point. You would hear the metal <laughs> coming across there, dink, as it falls into yeah. place. I mean, come on. They'd be like, oh, where is he, guys? Yeah. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, what in the hell, man? This is silly shit right it here. It really is. Don't do that. You have to make those guys way, way farther away. To make it where that's even close to plausible. Um, uh, this is stupid. They What are they, 20 yards away? Yes. <laughs> would, it's enough to see him in the smoke and be like, freeze. You would hear ga- the grass rustle <laughs> as much as you would hear this thing making these sounds and it's great. I don't know. Just plain yeah. fucking silly. I mean, it was. It absolutely was. All right. So Carl goes under and Negan's, I'm going to Rick's house to make some effing spaghetti. You know, um, 
so then there's this. I'm, how long do you think it was before Rick shows up? It must not be very long because where the hell are all Negan's people? They all vanish. Um, so let's talk about this. The convoy breaks out the back. They do a heavy slap you on the forehead. Hey, dummy. He only put two cars here. And the woman's like, we need trucks here. Or they'll be able to get out. You know? No, nah, the cars are fine. You know? It'll hold. <laughs> It'll hold. Um, which given, you know. <laughs> Dwight, did that, that iron to the head burn your brain cells out? <laughs> yeah. And so, of course, the convoy b- blows through there. No problem. And leaves. And he's like, all right, follow him, follow him. You know, I, I get you on that. And so then they park the trucks and four of them, is that, I'm right? There was four of them, Michonne, Tara, Rosita, and Daryl. That's the four, correct? Um, when they yes. get to the ambush part, it seems like there's more than four, but. <sighs> there's four. All right. Here's my thing. When you do an ambush, okay, first you have the element of surprise. No, you only go on one side of the road, bro. Okay. No. You get why on both. Are they, why are they on why are all of <laughs> them sitting next to each other? <laughs> this is the dumbest shit ever. You get them in a crossfire where there is no way to go to cover. So you put two on one side, two on the other, and there you can't hide behind one side of the car. And instead, we all four within ten feet of each other. I mean, we uh, we could hold hands. They're so I close. Mean, there, uh, Some look, of them are on one knee and shooting. One could, th- one bad guy could chunk a grenade, and they're all gone. There's four major characters dead. Dead in one chunk of a grenade. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. Now Daryl probably shoot the grenade out of the sky in the dark. You know, before uh, it got he, there, he'd shoot it with a, this crossbow, and it would <laughs> stab into another human being, and he'd wander around. Oh my god! It blew up. <laughs> it would look a lot like Rosita rocket launching somebody. <laughs> um, so yes, I really was like, what? Are they really going to do an ambush from one spot, all four of them together? So, Not even in good cover. No, I mean, it's like, <laughs> they're standing by some thin trees. Uh, I'm like, where's your bushes or something, man? For where's your high ground? Just something. Uh, so not only that, so when they do this and they start hosing these, these guys get out to start shooting. You don't even see a, a branch or a tree take a bullet. They're just steadily shooting like people can't see their muzzle flash or where they're coming from. Okay, so this ambush is within 30 feet of them. Give you 60. These guys are coming out, and they get off a good 60 rounds from the AK-47s they're firing at these four dumbasses. (laughs) Right next to each other. (laughs) Right next to each other, hiding behind twigs. Yes. Dude, these guys, it would be like Predator. (laughs) If it bleeds, we could kill it. You know what I'm talking about? When they all come yeah. rushing out there, you know what I mean? And he, they're just mowing down the forest. You would see the forest crippling around them, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> along with them in it. They'd be chopping these tr- little baby trees down that they're yes. all sitting there. Yeah, they would be cut in half. Yeah. I mean, this is just silly shit, man. It Once really again, is. first off, terrible ambush. Just stupid. Just absolutely terrible. Of course, the girl's like, don't drive us up there. Don't do it. Da, da, da. Stop oh, the truck. Stop wanna, the car. I want to check, check it out. I want to look a little closer. A little closer. <laughs> this is my bad eye. Yeah, really. Um, You know. I, I, man, I, yeah, tattoo neck chick, you know, it was just unnecessary. We've already, you've already slapped us with the whole, this, this you know, this ain't going to hold, it's going to hold business for him to just roll on down there. It's like, do you have to prove it again that, that Dwight's a good guy? I mean, and then when it's over, he's like, I, I made the barrier small. And I drove him down here to the ambush. You know, I, I knew did, what it was. I knew what it was. 
I mean, like, we saw that earlier, pimp. We got that. So maybe you got to leave one part of that out. Well, first off, he you know he greases five of his own homies. Yes. But not the chick. The chick that gets out of the car closest to the ambush. And is able to stay on that side of the car <laughs> where the bullets are firing from. And able to come back around and grease the white one time and then go back to the ambush side of the car. And escape. <laughs> Into the blue yonder? Into the trees that are unaffected by bullets. What the fuck are we doing right now? Where is this magic chick? I'm telling you, Is this you, man. Ninja Gaiden? I mean... Is this Metal Gear tattoo she chick? She threw one of those little balls in the ground like Carol... Like, uh, like Carl, Carl did? You're on just yeah. poof. It's like watching... Jesus. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And not only that, she shot him at point blank range and he takes a, 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 a wing on the arm. It was just a winger, bruh. <laughs> you grazed me. She, I shot you. She could have shot me. him center mass and he'd be a cold corpse by the time Daryl would come down to their perch she ain't got time to come over here and talk shit to Dwight she should be a puddle on the ground yeah. if she the did first have, puddle on the ground if she came around there after seeing Dwight grease those guys why talk to him just walk around there and go a bang <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> you <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, yeah uh Instead, there's no sense. I mean, this makes no sense. I mean, the fact that she survived getting out of that door. <laughs> she should be the first. And then staying on that side. Her brain should have been on the on the glass like the no name behind Maggie later. <laughs> that, I, I, she should have been the first death. She should step out and go, no. She should take 27 rounds and be the first death right there against the side of the car. As to, and what shields Dwight from getting shot. Is her corpse against the door. Yeah. I mean, Dwight is legitimately terrified on his side of the car. He's hiding behind a tire in the motor because he's like, I might die from just the crossfire here. Or no, I'm sorry. The lack of crossfire. (laughs) The lack Um, of it, yes. Yeah. So he's just chilling right there. But that chick. Yeah, I'm telling you. Magic. Boris the bullet dodger. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. The scene's better, first of all, if the other two are on the other side, so there isn't a place to hide. But then Dwight can't get out of this scenario unless he just crouches down into the where the feet are of the car and just suddenly lives through all this. But then if he does that, he can't shoot his own guys to prove his worth. So that screws it. So by putting them all on one side, which is asinine, you, you basically kill this. If anything, you know... He gets out of the car and runs to the back and then kills him from behind like it's supposed to have happened in the comic. He shoots all his people from behind because they don't see it coming. Instead, in this one, they're all walking towards him and he starts greasing them one by one by one. Well, they're distracted shooting right. at our pile Again. of idiots. So if you fix this, fix the ambush, first of all, make it where Dwight maybe isn't the first car so you're not beating over the head that he's leading him into an ambush no, and he he's telling be, you. He needs to be the back car and right. he needs to shoot them as they're falling back. Correct. And so on. The chick that's in the car should be peppered. She she should be the first death. As she gets out of the car, you should see her take 27 rounds of just gruesomeness. Well, no, I mean, just like when she says, why are you going so close? He says, I want a better look or whatever like that. You ought to see her in the passenger side just get... Just destroyed. 
mangled with yes. bullets. No, just it should be just disgusting. I'm just saying once again, no excuse. There's no excuse for her to be alive. No excuse for her to survive and run away somehow. Oh, um, yeah, no doubt. I, well, this is stupid. It's really stupid. Oh, I mean, <laughs> all right. Let's go to the kingdom. Okay, so. As soon as this happened, King E is in his, he's still in the same area. He's still sitting on the stage. He's still stroking the chain. Fondling the chain. <laughs> Fondling the chain and everything else. And so all of a sudden you hear a little bit of gunfire. You hear a commotion outside. He becomes alert. He goes he over there. Runs off stage runs, left. Yeah, runs off stage left and pulls this thing back. So evidently he can hide behind it, I guess. And so on. Sure. Sure. Gotcha. Works. So they... So the least threatening of all of the tenants, this guy. The guy you know, who doesn't want to kill at all. Yeah, who doesn't want to be that guy. You know, rounds everybody up. Basically old men, women, children. That's all that's left, you know. And explains to them, you know, you know, rules have changed. We are we own this place now. Da 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 da. And there's gotta be consequences. We need where is King Ezekiel? You know, of course, everybody's got a quiet tongue. Nobody's really saying anything. And King E is just watching in the background. You see him just by the columns and runs. And then runs over here. Let me tell you something now. For a guy who had to be carried out and was walking with severe limp, homeboy is moving well. He's healed up quickly. This is ridiculous. Um, This dude regenerates like Deadpool. Evidently, all the men are in this central area. There is no one else in the kingdom. There's nobody else at the gates. There's nobody else at any other entrances. They're all right here asking everybody together, Kumbaya, where's King E? And this so, is the same ambush technique. Yes. Um, <laughs> that which just I thought was very strange. You know, so to me, if you're holding a place, you hold its entrances and exits and you control it from centrally located. That's how you would control a place like this. And so on, especially if there's somebody missing. Well, you do the thing where you just squeeze down the circle. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Where you can't escape the circle. Um, Uh, Yeah, uh, this is kind of silly once again where they... He's running free, doing all these things. Oh, yeah. It's like Robin Hood watching his people in peril. Yeah. You know? And so the guy's speech up there, you know, I, I don't know what, we're going to just hang out here, and y'all are going to be the laborer that fixes our place up, and da 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 and Yeah. Why you would want to stay at the sanctuary versus the kingdom, I have yet to figure this out. To me, I'm Negan. Mm, Alexandria looks a lot nicer. Just like when he blows up the solar panels. Damn, we could have used those, you know, and yeah, all that stuff. But anyway, so my guy's up there giving speech. He's doing on his microphone. Da da da. I don't want to get it this way. I don't want it to be hard. Blah blah blah. So then, so King Eve's plan: blow up some gas tanks. Blow up basically what looks like to be your full your your fuel reserve. All of your fuel barrels at once. Yeah, I mean. For one, a distraction. One barrel could have done a pretty good little firebomb to do his distraction. Could have just rolled it down the street on fire. And instead of blowing up all of your reserves. Yeah. So just so in case we know that later, you know, if we see cars running around, I'll call BS. Because <laughs> there's no fuel left. Two years from now when the cars are still running fine. Yeah. <laughs> call malarkey. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he does all this. And so this is, so Homeboy sends all his men. All his men. What are you looking at? Get over get there. Get over there, right? All right. Let's get to this point first. Last episode, we talked about 
how many men do we fighting guys do we think Negan has left? Okay, last episode you said generous fifty, generous, and I was like thirty, forty, maybe, and I mean that was generous for me. Right now, Negan has how many people on the backside with the white? Let's go ten. Ten and twenty with him. Twenty with us. there's thirty. Let's talk about Simon's got twenty. Simon's got twenty. This guy's got ten, at least, if not fifteen. Numbers are looking a little, a little steep. Know, the, the genetics process at the you know Savior Compound <laughs> is successful. You yes, know? they're cloning assholes. Here's the other by problem. The Here's the other problem. How many people are at the hilltop? You know, already that are captured. You know what I mean? So I mean, like it's just. The numbers are just not adding up, not even close. They're, yeah, they're, they're, just, uh, they're it's like this freaking gremlins. Guys. They're throwing water down, <laughs> assholes coming out everywhere. Um, so yeah, no. Um, so these guys all run over there and so on, and all this is just a diversion to get his people gone, you know. And they keep showing a close up of this one girl who's wearing the head wrap, and of course she has her moment of taking, knocking a guy down, getting the gun. And Ezekiel gets everybody out. He's running them all out, running them all out, and so on. And guess who shows up just in the nick of time? Oh, our big famous coincidence. This yeah. has happened several times with Carol and Carol, Ezekiel. Again, Carol was in the first coincidence of picking up Rick. And Carol showed up just at the right time to watch Ezekiel close the gates in her face. Yeah. Not only that, when she walks away, guess who's lurking at the fence? Morgan. Which, Which we were very curious about. We were wondering where Morgan went. Yeah. Um. So he made it there. You know, looks to be unscathed. He's he's walking around on the foil fence. <laughs> Did you see this fence? Oh, yeah, it's it shiny. Yeah. Um. So some of those uh, heat blankets that campers take <laughs> in emergencies. <laughs> this astronaut underwear. Yes. <laughs> um. This is cold rolled foil. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Um, and so Ezekiel's like, "You saved him, like you saved me." Okay, good line, blah blah blah. And so he locks himself in, which all right. And then he gets jawed. And then he gets, you know, takes the butt of the gun to a face, um, which is all good, you know, because they one, because obviously they want him alive. They want him to be a public death and everything else. I get all that. Who's they going to publicly show the death to? All your people just left. Yes, they just threw the deuces, my friend. Yeah, they just shut the gate on you, and now they're gone. So who are you going to show King E's death to? Yeah. <clears throat> well, the whole idea, I think, was what they said was, you know, Simon kind of spells it out when he gets to talk to him. And Yeah. So we'll, let's go ahead and move to Maggie and Jesus. Okay, so Maggie, Jesus, uh, our amazing archer chick from the Hunger Games is behind uh, Jesus. Bow chick. And then complete no-name. No, he gets his name. Uh, yeah. Alvin or something yeah, like that. I mean, who gives a shit? Newt. The only reason they named him is just after he took a bullet to the skull. Yeah, this was going to be nameless death uh, from nameless episode eight. For, nameless forehead shot, man. You know. Um, no, he don't even get that. We don't even get to see Dude, the wound. I'm telling you, this pissed me off so royally, man. Okay. They could have shot Bochick, and that would have had some impact. She's right. at least done some stuff, and we've heard her have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. This guy had two lines. 
hell yeah or something like <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. Never surrender. Never surrender. Get her done. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, the only thing missing was the Miller life in his hand, yeah, man. At this point, I wanted to shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Who is this? Who invited this clown in the car? How obvious do they make the people that are going to die? <laughs> yes. I mean, <laughs> once again, hey, this show. Hey, Larry, you want a job where you die on this episode? Hell yeah. Exactly what we need. Make sure that you're yeah. lying. <laughs> This is Chekhov's future dead person. Yes, I mean. Chekhov's no name. Chekhov's oh everything. Oh, my God. Chekhov's guy in overalls that we've never seen before. Yeah. What the fuck is this? Where did this guy come from? Never seen him before at the Hilltop or anybody. This is somebody who was a carpenter on set who said, it's my dream to be on the show. Yes. Yeah, give you one line and then you're going to die off screen. <laughs> This is Make-A-Wish for some country pedophile. This is fucking ridiculous. This is Georgia backstage character. Yeah. It's awful. This is Roy Make Moore. Make-A-Wish. This is Roy Moore's wish right here. This is so wrong, man. <laughs> Make-A-Wish character. This is ridiculous. You're going to die in The Walking Dead. My yeah. dream. Yeah, you My dream. Won this in a, you won this in a cereal box contest. You're going to blow your head off. You're allowed to get three words. <laughs> and die. And die horribly. <laughs> All, basically off screen too. We're gonna see. You want to see your face die? We're gonna see Maggie's reaction to your yeah. death. All we see is the you know your hair, which is disgusting, you know, and your <laughs> fake blood everywhere. And then Bow Chick's gonna be picking your gray matter off of her shoulder, like ooh, ooh, gross. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had country AIDS. <laughs> is sheep AIDS contagious? <laughs> uh. Oh, all right. So, all right. Here's so the sheep AIDS is dead. <laughs> all right, we gotta start at the beginning. A tree's down, and we're creeping up to look at it. It's like Dwight 2.0. That tree wasn't there. I want a closer look at this Close oak. Look at it. So, so they do this. Okay, so that tree wasn't down. Well, trees fall. It happens. It's them. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Could it have fallen on its own? <laughs> yeah. Does a tree fall in the woods when nobody hears it doesn't make a sound? <laughs> That's the only thing I was expecting to hear. <laughs> if there's a roadblock and we've already seen this before, is it possible it's the same people? Uh, yes, you stupid bastard. <laughs> yeah, really. This is I'd have taken my chances with a tree. I'd have drove straight into that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> see what happens. There's a branch somewhere that'll make it a ramp. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'll, uh, I'll take my chances with the stump side or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, oh, God. Put your tree, put your car up against this thing and just. Yeah. <laughs> and push the stupid bastard out of the road. <laughs> put that Toyota Celica in high gear and get well, I mean, it. something. Just um, something. So, <laughs> so they do this and all this. So, again, it's just like Rick and his radio. She radios whoever's in the back of the car, turn around, no response. And then all these cars and lights show up. Now, how many cars do you think are in Maggie's posse here? Um, I mean, it looks like 10 at least. Yeah, I'm going to say at least seven or eight Yeah, and so on. And so we're going to guess where you got at least two, maybe three people in each. All of them got M16s. Well, or, this is the party that's going to end the Saviors. Right. So this is a good group. Yeah. So they just get drove up on and guys just hop out. Like the drive-through at Sonic. Hello, we'd like your guns out of your car, please. Thank you. Hand it over. Not a single guy wants to get out and fight. Not a not a battle. Not nothing. And they all come from the rear. Yeah, the thing is, is once you see those headlights pulling up on your back, you know get they're not friendly. Out of the car 
and just start lighting those things up that are coming your way. Yeah. Hit the radio. Get out. Get to the tree line. Defend yourselves. Something. Instead of standing there and asking for popcorn to watch the show, I'm sorry. When this truck just pulls up beside them, (laughs) all right, here, all of you, aim at the driver. Sorry, Jerry. Guess who, guess who was in the passenger seat? Simon. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Simon. It's 27 bullets to the face, you know, or whatever it is. I mean, like, that's, there's a battle there. Not, let's watch the show. Oh, let's open the door. Let's put a box in the car. Let's roll Jerry's big ass down this. Da, 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 da. <laughs> About to walk Jerry down the ramp. He just rolls out like a slab of meat. Just... <laughs> This is a poached cow that just, <laughs> just, just flops You took his knee out. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's this whole setup to this, I just so far-fetched, man, to well, me. The thing is, too, is <coughs> I feel like they may have actually come at these guys with empty guns. Negan already said that's going to take up most of my ammo. Yeah, to to escape the Savior Compound. You're right. You're right. To escape Sanctuary, they had to use a shitload of ammo. Obviously, our people don't know that. But my thing is, just defend yourselves. And they have no ammo. You are fully loaded. Think about this. If you were headed to the Savior Compound, okay, to finish the war, okay, you're ready to from where you're coming from. Do you ever expect other vehicles with headlights to ever come up on you? Not without a radio to tell you who they are. <clears throat> Absolutely not. So to me, it is completely asinine that people were not getting out of there and shooting the hell out of these first sets of vehicles that are coming at them. Shoot the tires out of the first truck and you're stopping every vehicle behind it. Not only that, if the guy in the very back with the radio is, is gone and you're not answering, that's your cue to get out and do something. You remember, you remember, um, if you, if you look at like, hell, this is in Forrest Gump. Remember Lieutenant Dan walk up on something. He would always be like, get out, shut up. But you see what they do? Like whenever he does that, they part the road yeah, and create an ambush space on right. each side of the road. No clear, easy targets. Right. So when they get to the tree, Maggie ought to be like, scatter. Scatter to the edges of the road in the tree line. Well, as soon as the radio doesn't answer for the back car and you see a single set of headlights, get out. Get to the trees. Da 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 da. Ready to prepare yourself. Exactly. And this would have been easy work. Right. And it would have been a really cool scene. We just saw a four man ambush (laughs) (laughs) that basically said, You want to call it that? Here, shoot me. You know, it was tattooed on their foreheads. Take out 15 dudes, you know. Miss a tattooed girl from three feet away. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I know it. You cannot show me this first thing you showed us and then allow Maggie just to be this, dumbfounded look, on what this, to do. This works. If everybody gets out of their car and they're scattered and you see, you see Simon hop out and say, you shoot and your person dies. So then they open it up and you see it's Jerry. And then Maggie's like, don't fire, don't fire. So then, but at least it looks like it makes sense. You know what I mean? A lot of the saviors, they keep pulling up with these huge balls. Yeah. Negan walking down the street just with a bat, no gun on him, 
Well, I mean, he has one on him, but no, never brandishes it. No. Um, Simon just rolling up in the truck and getting out of the truck like, <laughs> who cares? And we'll just open up this door. We're under a headlight fire right here. You know what I mean? Just like all these people. Now that's before he decides to unarm everybody. Correct. You know what I mean? There are people standing there with guns. Shit. Um, you know, waiting to, you know, basically shoot into the car if there's a problem, but it looks like he has like one person for each car. You know what I'm saying? You know, like our, our lead car has four people in it. Correct. But he's got one person aiming into the car for each car on the way down. I'm just like, do something, man. Yeah, don't, I, don't make it so damn easy. I just feel like, yeah, they made this so easy on them. Um, I mean, I like that Jerry's not dead. This is not how I wanted Jerry to go out. You know what I mean? But you know as well as I do, to me, he should have died in that scene. I still feel like he's cannon fodder. He's a a character we all know, we all like. That He's earned enough to be well-liked that his death would have been monumental. Yeah, in this part, he's the Axel at this he point. Is. I mean, so realistically, I was I was dreading his death, but I was fully expecting it. I really, really was. Oh, when when Simon says, "Don't worry about it, Greg. I got it," or whatever like that, and pulls his gun, I thought he was going to shoot Jerry. Instead, he creases shrimp aids. Yeah, <laughs> sheep aids. Whatever. <laughs> Again, that right there makes this it's even more asinine. I mean, like. You don't just kill a fluff if you're making a point to everybody. You kill somebody in leadership. Yeah, well, I think that's what they were trying to prove by saying, let's kill somebody literally in the car with Maggie. You know, then it's like, now don't make me shoot beautiful long locks over there that mane a hair and stuff like that. I'm like, Mm. okay, whatever, sure. Jesus is not in danger right now. Yeah, no. Um, But really, I mean, Bochit could have just jumped out with three arrows locked on. And, yeah. and it greased was one the first pull, three. One pull, Robin Hood, all three of them. They could have had chain link fences in front of them. They were <laughs> toast, son. <laughs> they were toast. Yeah, I just, yeah, no. Anyway, I want to get away from this because it's boring me. Yeah, it, it, it was just rough. Simon basically says, the Hilltops, the lucky ones, they're not going to die. They're going to get to be producers. <clears throat> well, he says you got two choices. You know, one person dies. I'll let y'all go back. Or this entire rig and roll of right. We're gonna do exactly what you did. To, uh, we gotta kill Jerry. We gotta put you into the casket and blah 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 and all this other crap. Yeah, hang you from the you know blah blah blah. You know. Put you on a spike out front. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Does it bother you that Maggie is still not showing? Well, yeah. I mean, the way they pretend time is passing in some areas, but not in others. Do you remember the episode <clears throat> where? Glenn dies, and the episode before that, where they're running for their lives because she's so bad shape. Like to the she's pregnancy. about to have a miscarriage. Yeah, right. She is wearing tight clothes. She's fine. And she's just good looking. The and whole they're making it a huge deal that uh, Eugene's got to get this doctor to her to because, Maggie because yeah. she's in terrible shape right now. I mean, she looks like she's too much pregnant. GI Jane, maybe. <laughs> no, she's not pregnant at all. <clears throat> So they leave. Maggie comes back to the hilltop. Hey, guy, we barely know your name. I'll say it just so I say your name. I need your gun. Well, this is the guy that should have died in the building when they tried to kill Dwight. I mean, tried to kill Daryl. Tara or Daryl should have greased this person. Correct. So 
she randomly picks this fella instead of long hair asshole that needs a bullet. No, they're leaving him alive just for the sabotage at some oh, point. It's Morgan's going to kill him before he leaves. Something of that nature. Yeah, got to. Something. Uh, so we pull out Dean. Okay. He comes out here and goes, oh, you know, let Buttercup do her little, you know, show or whatever he says like that. And she shoots him in the neck. Did you, did you notice where she shot? I thought she shot him in the chest. Uh, it was, no. I, I rewound this. I was just like, I want to see this. Right in, like, right in Adam's apple. Maybe a hair lower. Okay? Haven't we learned you how to shoot him in the head? So, you drop this fool. <clears throat> okay. Where she shoots him is not an immediate death. Maybe it might be paralyzing if she took her spine out and set her soul on. But, again, he's a dead fish on the ground before he hits the ground. Um, didn't see anybody go over there and put a spike in his head. Didn't see him finish that. Not necessarily necessary. But, <clears throat> she proves her point. Without, did you get the long Western eye gaze between her and Jesus over this situation? Yeah, a thousand yards stare about this. <clears throat> yeah, when they're three feet from each other. Yeah. <laughs> and again, no, she, she proves her point. You know, they kill one of ours, we kill one of theirs. Um, but then as she walks away, she break, she's breaking down, you know, because that's just not who she is, but she's trying to be strong to set the example. You know, fortify the gate, get your people ready. Arm this. Barry so-and-so. <clears throat> Barry so-and-so. Or box so-and-so. Correct. Okay. The box. Yes. Put it where they will find it. Was this sheep aids <clears throat> inside this thing? Yes, it was. Okay, because it says whoa, we have 38 more. I think it's the guy I she think just it, shot. I think it's the guy she shot. And saying we have 38 more of your people. I think so. Okay. Because it makes sense the other way, too. To me, I think it's the guy. It's the box that was used for sheep aid. I cannot believe we're calling a character sheep aids, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, it is. A, it's the box for him. But yes, this is Dean. Okay, in the box, and they're going to put it where they know they'll find it, and to say we have thirty-eight more like this, basically saying you come in here, we kill your people. Yeah. So the, you know, so Jesus's idea of keeping these people might end up being a real positive. <clears throat> Could lead that way, I guess. To me, I don't think Negan and the group gives a rat's ass about the group of people that are in there, which goes twofold. If they're willing to kill the guys in there, they, they could possibly no... turn around and be like, right. okay, then we don't become good guys. Negan, yeah. And which means that we just say long hair fellow might become a good guy. No. God, I hope not. No. I will First. start flinging dung at a picture of Gimple on a dartboard <laughs> instead of doing this. That's what I feel like. If that's what we're going to go to. Um, so that's what happens with this. So the reality of it is, is that's kind of the breakdown of all your groups. You know, garbage pail people are no longer in the picture. So we wasted two or three episodes on the spiked head guy, no fear of Rick's death and the most worst negotiating skills ever to watch them run away for two, you know, for less than 30 seconds on screen. As far as this season's concerned. Yes. But okay. they'll be back. <clears throat> they'll be back. Um, Rick is back again. Like you said, everybody poof, they disappear. He's able to get to the house. Negan's waiting for him. Knox is going to wail. Coral. That's, you know, that would be the one of the biggest things I miss. It was Coral. Coral. <laughs> Coral. I'd never heard him go, Michonne. <laughs> <laughs> Rick is ready. <laughs> so Bonesaw comes right on into the house. Yeah. Um, 
he knocks the gun away and I'm sorry. Why do I always feel like Rick is always superior fighter to everyone but Negan? Um, sometimes. I mean, you remember when he when he kills the guys upstairs before he finds the baby and stuff like that? That was a pretty good fight. It was. Before it got to the point, you know, it did. So, I did like this fight. I do like... I thought this was great. I thought the choreographer was good. I thought him being on the ground and really suffering from hits and wounds was the most realistic. I mean, I can't stand it when somebody takes a punch and just acts like it never even hit him and phased him. Oh, well, the <laughs> thing is, too, is he's hitting him with a bat wrapped in barbed wire. Uh, his shirt should look like... Well, my thing is, is like, I just don't want to hear the thump of a bat. You know what I'm right. saying? Because it's going to be different sound. He should have little pinholes in him. Yeah, he from, should be like <clears throat> kind of ravaged wherever it hits. Right, and he should be bleeding. Because um, not only did he get hit with a bat with barbed wire on the back inside, he also went out a window. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he should be bleeding pretty heavily, actually. Yeah, but for, forgetting all that, I liked you know him... At you know, do you ever shut up, um, dude? When he hit him with that base of an urn, and like Negan went like flat, you know, yeah, and then he hit him a few more times. I was impressed, man, because like you got hit with that one in the face, your ass is out. And then he got mad when he got hit. Yeah, he like laughed a little bit and got kind of angry. Yeah, he kicks him in the knee right before Rick has a chance to do the coup de gras to him. Drop kicks him out a window. Yeah, I mean, nasty, good job, stunt man. The way he lands on the back of his neck and rolls, keeps gun in hand and everything, which was like, what? And then immediately runs. You have the gun. Just turn and shoot him. If you can stand up to jog away, you can stand up to put that gun in the window and grease this mother... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, instead he picks the back up and looks out the window and goes, shit. (laughs) You know? I mean, like, like he dropped his cornbread shit, you know? Not, I just rock Rick out and oh, by the way, he's got a pistol. But you'll tell you what, though, I'm not going to nitpick the scene because this is a teeny little part of something that I liked. Yes. The fight was great. The fight was excellent. It was fun. The fight was great. Um, remind me, how did Rick figure out they were in the sewer? Um, Michonne. 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 Because Michonne decided not to go. Everybody else goes into the sewer. Rosita's trying to get her to come down. She covers Mazzone up the Mazzone loses her shit. Puts the grate down. Super badass uh, walker kill. Oh, just slicing the head clean. Slicing the head in from half. behind. Yeah, that was nasty. It was impressive. Um, uh, Michonne finds the one roaming bad guy still left uh, and hacks him. Oh, one through the eye to pieces. Oh, it went on the ground. I mean, she's chopped him like firewood. Yeah, you know? um, uh, which is pretty just ruthless. She ought to be covered in gore oh i know that sword you just have bits and pieces uh, Michelle, hanging all over could it. you stop letting it hit the dirt like that you're dulling it <laughs> uh okay you've cut his face in half 17 times please stop. yeah <laughs> you know now rick walks up to her and he has he looks like he's ran a four mile five mile marathon with the amount of sweat and you know wet curlies he's got and so we had that magic moment you know the hug and the whole nine yards and so she leads him to the sewer. Right. And everybody's quiet and everybody's somber. The really cool shot of seeing Judith down there in the distance with uh, Daryl. Yeah. I do like that they did the long shots down there and you saw different things. Um, Not Daryl. Yeah, little baby Judith was with Daryl. Was that Daryl? I thought they showed Daryl later on that him no, walking you were, past No, they were him. right there playing with each other. Okay. Um, I thought it was Daryl too. But it's um, I thought he showed him walk past, but that was actually well, Dwight. See, I saw pretty little curl hair that looked clean. Yeah. No. And then I saw hair that was disgusting. Immediate Daryl. 
you know. So that's what oh yeah, no, <laughs> I'm aware. It was like yin and yang down there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he goes down there, and you know, this is when you know it's happening because oh, there's 30 seconds left in the episode, as well as Terror Mozita won't make eye contact with you. And you walk down, and Daryl barely makes eye contact with you. And then you meet Sadiq, who's just looking at you funny on his homemade cot. You know, and then, of course, you turn around, and there's Carl, and he's 80 shades of white, he's pale ghost. Greenish purple. Um, he's got a big old hole in his jeans that's bleeding. Um, he's in rough shape. And he pulls his shirt up, and he's got a bandage over what looks to be a pretty fresh bite wound. Um, and basically a nasty bite to have not bitten through. Yeah. It's just top, it's just top epidermis there. Oh, it's just, I mean, but the thing is, is it's top teeth, bottom teeth. Correct. It's like when your little kid bites you, you know, they don't really break the skin, but this is like nice set of choppers. Horrific chopper bite onto a a Uh, flat surface. (laughs) Correct. Um, and you realize the the letter in the book and you realize his comments and you are in shock and awe, you know, that, wow, they have decided to kill off a good character, a good primary character that has a epic future. If you're a comic book writer, a reader, um, and is integral to the next set of problem issues of the comic. Um, Farther down the line, you're going to meet a group of people called Whisperers. And the Whisperers have a character upon them and Carl. And those two are the reason that the Whisperers are a part of the comic. And so Carl not being in the mix severs the connection. Now, I'll speculate after we talk about the episode of how we could fix this. But this really, really... You know, like when Andrea died in, you know, season three, I think, and so on, you know. She had run her course, but she, there was on a the lot. On the show, she ran her course. A lot well, more in the comic. I agree. I know what you're talking about. She is, was a very huge character and is supposed to be the love interest of Rick and is supposed to be Carl's new mom and all this, da, 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 and everything else. But they were able to warp it into where Michonne takes that role. No big deal. I'm, I'm we, fine with that. You know what? At the time, I was mad, but they've been able to recover from that and so on. Good. All good. Okay? The problem here is is that the show has now taken Carl away, and I'm, I'm, I'm grasping at how they can make this connection. And the only way I can see this is, is that in a future possible time jump, Judith, since she grows at an amazing rate, becomes the next young person to kind of go into that role. They took the only teenager away. Besides Enid. Yeah, I know, but Enid is drastically hurt character-wise with Carl not around. Correct. So it's like, we have no teenage characters, really, to speak of. Other than Enid, I understand that, but it's like Enid's in a precarious situation where her character is largely based on Carl. Exactly. And the other part of here is too, is Enid replaces Carol's daughter, which is a big part of the comic book as well. And so all the pieces were there, the puzzle, but now that you've taken Carl away, the puzzle falls apart. Yeah. And so I'll be curious what they're going to do with this now. 
Actually, I'm very little curious because I'm pretty pissed. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, he walked past three, four characters in, in the sewer that I was like, wish you were gone, wish you were gone, wish you were gone instead of Carl. Correct. Like we said last week when we podcasted, I was hoping and fully expected multiple large character deaths. We needed it as well as it, it would have been hugely memorable. I mean, you really would have. I mean, think about the last time we had multiple main character deaths. Yeah. Uh, no, I, that was at the prison. And that was <laughs> Lori and T-Dog. Yeah. You know? I feel like Gabriel is now going to die. He'll probably die on the way back to the hilltop. Um, or whatever, you know what I mean, to come to get Maggie. And now Sadiq, who is obviously kind of a spiritual character. And the church is blown up, by the way. Yeah. Um, like they're already kind of replacing Gabriel in a way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, I feel like that's kind of ham-fisted a little bit. I don't know, man. I just, ugh. I know it. I don't, I feel like. The we leave with a bad taste in your mouth with nothing to drink. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Correct. You know, they just took away a character that we actually give a shit about that should have a massive future. Uh the only thing I can think of is, is like Chandler Riggs had new opportunities to go do. All right. So I read the article. He did an interview with um, the Hollywood Reporter and a few others, things like that, and so on. So get this Chandler Riggs, there was a lot of suspect that he was accepted to be a Georgia Bulldog, but he took what's called a, I forget what it's called. It's basically where you get accepted, but you can hold off on coming in your first year, jump year or something like that. I forget what it's called. Because he wanted to continue the acting and was even going to possibly move to Hollywood to get into more projects before he actually started officially attending Georgia. Okay? He buys a house in Sonora, Georgia, or Sonora, whatever it is, where they where they film Walking Dead. And for some reason, they decide to just grease him. So what, what he says is, is that he was fully committed to the show. On episode six, while rehearsing lines, Gimple was there in person and said, hey, come talk to me. Brought his mom and dad in and said, by the way, season eight, you die. And they were devastated. According to those interviews, he was let go because of how they wanted to move the story. Not because of poor performance or this, that, or so on. It was purely a story decision. Okay. Well, no, I mean, what I've seen from Gimple is that Carl's death and everything Carl has said to Rick leading up to his death this episode is the direction they want to go with the story. Right. Well, the direction they want to go is also the direction very similar to where the comic is and where Carl is very important. So I, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't I didn't feel like this was necessary. I feel like they're getting rid of a character we give a shit about in order to move their story forward, but unnecessarily. Correct. You could have killed any of these cheese balls and we would have been just fine we would have lived we would have been just fine or killed nobody it would have been disappointing to not lose any characters but this was just a chess piece moving episode it wasn't what you think of as a mid-season finale or a season finale in the fact that something mag i mean just huge happens which something did with carl but i thought it was negative and unnecessary Normally, we're always like, yeah, kill somebody big. Make it big. But this one was unnecessary to me. Yeah. And actually made it worse. 
It, it did. It really did. I mean, I, I given like I put some of that stuff on social media, and I had some people give me some blowback of the the show is different than the comic. Okay, I got you. You're you're absolutely right. The show can go in its own direction, and so on. But the show has followed the source material eighty five percent of the time. So you know you can pick and choose how you're going to remix it. I get it. But if you're following source material, this one right here really, really flips the script about how you're following it. It really does. Because Carl has such a huge part. Because in the comic book, he's gotten so much older and is a, a young man and, you know, has several things going on I won't spoil for you that are so good. I mean, like, he's such an amazing character in writing and how things go in the comic book in the future about, you know, he becomes comfortable himself and he doesn't wear things to cover his eye anymore. And he, you know, he cuts his hair and I mean, everything is so different. He's a man and it's just, Oh, the, this is catastrophic. What, if you've never read the comic book, this is catastrophic to what the potential of his story arc was going in the future. And so I, I guess it was more of, I was angry because i'm losing that and that it was an unnecessary death and what i basically call a ratings grab because just like they said you know the episode they'll be talking about forever you know basically the largest death in walking dead history basically because i mean of the carl and rick are the only two regular considered regulars on the walking dead from season one and you just killed one. Yeah. Daryl, Carol, Andrew, all that stuff, they were not considered regulars. No, there was four main characters. Right. That was Rick, Carl, Shane, and Lori. Right. And Shane, they, Lori, gone. There's only two main characters left. Correct. The rest of the people, no matter how much you care about them, were are secondary characters. Yes. Now, they've worked themselves into regulars now, but I mean, even in the beginning. Even though they're regulars, main characters correct. of the story. So And Shane wasn't even supposed to last as long as he did. Yeah, Shane wasn't supposed to make it past the camper. Right. So it's like he was a main character that we didn't even realize was a main character. Right. But he, but he had long lasting effects on the show and stuff there like that. There is no doubt. And so did Lori. You know what I mean? So it's like those were our four base characters. Now two of them are gone. It's like, you know, now we're to this point where the third one is gone unnecessarily to me. And the whole show rests on Rick. Correct. And if you never were concerned about Rick's uh, well-being now, you never have to be worried now. No, he's he's, un, he's invincible now. Yeah, he's basically untouchable. Which, if you listen to our preview cast about what happens in All Out War when it comes to this whole deal from the comic books, a big deal in the comic books with Rick and Negan happens. And if they do this on the show, you're definitely... Not concerned. No. As a matter of fact, even when we talked about possible deaths, we've always said more chance that Rick would die than Carl would die. Yes. And they shot that to hell. Shot it right to hell. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Anyway. So frustrating. So, so frustrating. But anyway, guys, I mean, it's a mid-season finale. Um, sadly, there was a, there were a lot of good parts about the episode. But it was just so overshadowed by the catastrophic death at the end. I hate it for Chandler Riggs. 
The guy just put out some music. He just bought a house in Sonora, which I guess he doesn't need anymore. And, you know, I guess he's going to Hollywood. He's doing a, I think he's doing a movie, uh, um, Inherit Something. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but, you know, I wish him well. I think he did a great job as uh, Carl. And uh, we're going to definitely miss him on the show. It's going to be very interesting to see how things move forward when it comes to the show and these things going on. But other than that, guys, I think we're just going to call it a night. Um, and I guess we'll be back in February. I think it's like February 25th, 28th or something like that for the, se- for the next part. And I believe that's the last episode for Chandler Riggs, which probably end up being just a very large memorial, a lot of flashbacks and a, a say goodbye kind of situation. So we'll right. see. But other than that, guys, it's been fun. We'll see you all then. This is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. We'll see you all then.